It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980. We're always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Coming up at the or in the 6 o'clock hour, we will discuss more about the Commander's ongoing head coaching search, the latest interview news, and some thoughts on the candidates being interviewed. Right now, though, we finish going around the NFL, breaking down the games from wild card or sorry, not wild card, uh, divisional round weekend. By the way, Anthony, uh, on the picks front, both 2-0 and on uh, on Saturday, Ravens-Niners. Yes, sir. And then we both had the Lions. Yes. And then we split the game that we're going to talk about last, and I'm not thrilled about it. I know. Uh, I almost feel like I should get credit. Anyway, we'll get there. Uh, Lions 31, Tampa Bay 23. Bucks a chance to make it interesting late, but Baker Mayfield the pick. How about that being the first career interception for Derek Barnes? What a time to get it to seal a playoff game and a chance to go to the NFC title game for the first time since 1991 for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Goff, 30 of 43 for 287. They rushed for 114 as a team, 74 from Gibbs, 33 from Montgomery. Um, and and the thing that I think is so impressive, you know, we talk about all the different things I like about Ben Johnson and this this Lions offense and why I think it's, you know, regard, like I was talking about what they do in Detroit far beyond or far before it was like, yep, definitely having a head coach opening. Yep, Ben Johnson's the guy. And we always had an eye on it because, let's be honest, we kind of knew coming into the year. But I I think even going back to last year, something that really impressed me, they get the ball to their best players. It is essential to who they are. Look look at the targets for this game, right? Here are the targets. Amon Ross St. Brown, 14 targets. Sam Laporta, 11 targets. Jameer Gibbs, 4 targets plus another 9 carries. Montgomery, 10 carries. Jamison Williams, four targets. Many of them were deep shots. Like, they're so good at finding their guys in the right positions. They use their personnel. One, they were like, we need dudes at these positions. They went out and got them from a roster construction standpoint, which obviously goes beyond the offensive coordinator, but starts with the offensive coordinator and the head coach uh, in Dan Campbell, who's got an offensive background, having a distinct vision for what they want to be. And they built a stud offensive line. And then they were like, okay, now time for the skill positions. We want a fast, quick guy running back. Let's go get Jameer Gibbs. We want a, a stud tight end. Let's go get Laporta. Amon Ross St. Brown's exactly what we want in a receiver. And they've done a great job. Shout out to uh, Antoine Randall L, former Washington receiver, who's now the, the wide receivers coach up there. He's done a tremendous job. Um, Reynolds is like a pretty solid receiver. And he always seems to come up with big catches, first downs, touchdowns. So they just, they do a good job of giving Goff a bunch of information, setting him up to succeed based off formation, personnel, and not having distinct tendencies. And the result is they've been the best, one of the best teams in football, period. One of the best offenses for sure for a season and a half. Since the middle of last year, they just turned it on. And really, they were pretty good offensively at the start of last year, too. Really, for two years, they've been a stud offense. Aaron Glenn finally figured out the defense midway through last year. And they've been, like, they've lost, like, five games since the middle of last year. They're for real, man. And if there wasn't Lions on the jersey, I think no one would even think twice. They wouldn't be, like, some Cinderella team. The only reason it feels like Cinderella is because 
they've stunk most of their history because they're the Lions. Yeah. Can't really, you know, say like how I want to say I'm proud of the Lions. Uh, for, I'm for, I love it. <laughs> I'm so in. I, you know, I was in from Hard Knocks last year. Like yeah. I came out of Hard Knocks been like, they're going to be good. I love I don't know that it'll be good now. But, like, I love what they're building. They're doing it the right way. I love that they emphasize, like, character and who these people are and developing them as men. And, Mm -hmm. like, are this great? I'm going to actually pull this up. Anthony, say smart football things while I I find this exact quote. Uh, Yeah, the Lions have trusted the process. And it's also a testament because, guess what? They have two total playoff wins since, I want to say, 1996 or whatever it was. And Dallas only seems to have one. And somehow it, Dallas is always a favorite to win the Super Bowl. And Dallas, this was just some I mean, time. Dallas's you know, playoff deploy- disappointments are unbelievable. Yeah. Because there are two NFC teams since 96. <laughs> oh, the graphic. That, that haven't <laughs> been to an NFC championship game. Only One two. is the Commanders. Yep. Which makes sense based off the regular seasons they've had. And the other is the Dallas Cowboys, who have won 12 games a bunch during that stretch and still have never made it. Like, they've had buys. All they've had to do is win one playoff game. Yep. Couldn't do it. Closest they came was the game where Dez caught it, which he did catch it. Yeah. But what you going to do? Um, this is from a guy named Steve Magnus, who's like an author and coach and just overall incredibly smart human being. Um, a coach's job is to, ve- to develop people. That's the secret to great coaches. Their job isn't winning. That's an effect. Why? Obsessive focus on the outcome shifts your motivation and perspective. You stop seeing athletes as people. You treat them accordingly. They stop developing. There's a reason Bill Walsh wrote a book called The Score Takes Care of Itself. And John Wooden said the same thing. Saban preached process. And and others, he continues to go on, uh, like running coaches and, and some folks that the, the natural, like our listeners probably haven't heard of. Um, and frankly, that some of them I haven't heard of. Um, it's not that winning doesn't matter. Of course, these coaches are competitive and want to win, but they realize that focusing on winning drags you away from the things that help you perform best. That is the approach the Lions have taken under Campbell, and that is why they will continue to win. Because also, those things allow you to focus on what makes winning players, and that helps your scouting process, which is why I think they will continue to draft well. Obviously, Brad Holmes seems to have a good eye for talent, but they know what they're looking for, and they know what fits. And so, while, yeah, eventually they're going to have to pay some of these guys and make some tough decisions, if they can keep identifying the right positions, the right people, they'll replenish the cupboard and they'll be able to go on a pretty good run here until Goff isn't good anymore or costs too much money and, you know, whatever. But, like, I, I think they're going to be in it for a long time. I, I, I could see Campbell there for 20 years. Like, Peyton was – I mean, Sean Payton was the guy that he worked under, right? He, he came out of that tree. And I could see Campbell having a Peyton-esque run in, like he did in New Orleans. Of course, it helped that he had Breeze for most of those 20 years, but uh, we'll see what Campbell can do uh, in Detroit. Uh, last but not least, uh, Chiefs and Bills. We've talked about it. Um, as soon as I made the pick in this game, Anthony, I said I regret picking against Mahomes. I wanted to switch, and I let you keep the Chiefs, because you said you were going to fade me no matter what I did, and I just yep. let you keep the Chiefs. Yep. I knew in that moment. <laughs> sorry, Buffalo, that I was I was not going to get the correct pick. Buffalo could have won, though, man. They could have, but they didn't. That's kind of how this has gone. Yeah. Um, so close. It's not close enough. No. They ran it effectively. 
They threw it when they needed to. Do you think they got too predictable in the fourth, though? Like, in the third quarter when they were running the ball, like... Who, Buffalo or yeah, Kansas City? Buffalo. Because no, I, I, I think feel they like did. I agree. Every time, like, they, they got the ball in the fourth quarter, they started out with six offensive linemen, and they tried to go inside zone. And Kansas City, they already knew what was coming, so... I, 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 I don't know. Well, then they Buffalo would get like they would actually run the ball pretty well. Yeah. And they'd get a couple of chunks and then they just start passing it. And you're like, dude, go go back to the run. Yeah. I don't get I don't get why coaches abandon the run when it works. It's like it's like, ah, we did it. We checked the box. And it's like keep doing it. Because they were winning the trenches battle like they were. The they were first getting half. movement. Yeah. Movement, bro. Um Yeah. For more on Buffalo, uh rewind. Uh, or check out the Hoffman Show podcast. This hour is about to go up in the feed any moment mm-hmm. uh, as soon as I stop yapping. Uh, and Mike Shope and I talked about the Bills' end of season and where they go from here at the top of the hour. Definitely worth a listen in the Hoffman Show podcast feed. When we get back, though, latest on the Commander's coaching search and why, despite the fact that we will spend a lot of time talking about the NFL playoffs, you should consider the coaching results from the playoffs a lot less than you probably are when it comes to finding a head coach. I'll explain that nonsensical sentence next on the Team 980.